Thunder up 22-11 on the Pelicans as well. I love it. Look at the Thunder, man. Look at this young team. Ready to go. Get that sixth seed in the NBA playoffs this year. I, we got a lot of blowouts right now, too. I mean, Pistons are up 16 on the Blazers. You got the Raptors up 24 right now on the Bucks, 56-32. So hopefully you don't have a lot of props in those because you know what yeah. happens. Guys sit down and then everything goes to die yep. at that point. Yeah, just like Ball State just did in the uh, in the red zone, guys. It's a 7-7 game. They were about to punch one in and they fumbled. Oh, man. Not what you want when you bet the dog. No. That's Bowling Green tonight in the big one. No, no, it's mm-hmm. not what you want. You've got a lot on that game, too, so I'm, I'm rooting I, for you, buddy. I, I know the I Packers, Packers made you broke over the weekend. I hate him. Betting responsibly, of course, though. Mm-hmm. Always responsibly. Barrett Brooks jumps on with us. Former Eagle, former Steeler, now with NBC Sports Philly. And with us, the Sunday spread on BetQL Saturdays, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. And Sundays, 6 to 8 a.m. Eastern as well. Hey, let's just kind of look ahead at this Cowboys-Eagles game. I mean, let's make no mistake about it. It's one of the, if not the, most important games, most exciting games, rivalry game, however you want to describe it right now. We know the NFC East is what it is. These games can be close. These are two teams that have Super Bowl aspirations here right now. When you look at the Eagles, 7-1, and one, best record in the NFL. We're watching Jalen Hurts throw the football extremely well, but I'm watching that bulky knee, man. I watched him against the Commanders, and it just looked... There only there's a couple design runs from that's it. It looks like there's something going on with that knee. Is there? Does that concern you at all? You know what? It did kind of concern me earlier on in the week, uh, just because you know the nature of how this Eagles team runs their offense is all predicated on him maximizing the intangibles. That's being able to run, which makes everybody concentrate on his ability to run, which opens up the pass. And that's you know one of the things that. Um, you know, he showed that he can beat you with the pass also. So, you know, it's almost it's almost like a double-edged sword. He's not as good because well, he's not as good as having the defense's total attention on him because his ability to run around. But also, he's good He's good and better than he, what he was before because he can now throw the ball consistently like a drop-back quarterback. So he has that type of, of game. He can go out there and beat you with his arm and beat you with his legs. You know, would I bet this game? My heart is too much in it, man. I mean, <laughs> my heart is just too much in it right now. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough, you know. But I might go with a couple props, but I, I I can't go with just betting the game outright. Brian Baldinger came on uh, You Better You Bet earlier today, and he said he thought that the Eagles were much better than the Cowboys in terms of the three points, that they were closer to a six or a seven point. <laughs> I know, it's wild. Uh, seven points better than the Cowboys. Is that true to you? Does that just feel like chatting? Because Cowboys coming off a very impressive win against the Rams, and again, it's a divisional rivalry game. I'll take six points. <laughs> no, you know what? I, 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 will, I will have to agree with Baldy on this because when you look at Dallas and how they were constructed this offseason, they went out and got Stephon Gilmore. They had Diggs, and once Diggs left, it kind of took the, the, you know, the fizzle out of you know, the, the, the Gilmore um, you know, acquisition because now, you know, he doesn't have a yin to his yang, a Batman to his Robin. So, you know, that's out. But then you want to, they went out and, and drafted two guys, uh, Maggie Smith, nose guard in the first round to stop the Eagles. He's not playing as much as I thought he was going to play. He's not as good as I thought he was going to play. And then in the interior of the, um, of, of the Eagles defense, of course, linebacker and safety has been an issue. But, Shoemaker, you know, the tight end from Michigan, he hasn't done much either. So the things that they did to go out and combat the Eagles are no longer a factor. 
So because of that, I think this Eagles team just got better. Even with all the injuries they've had, they've learned how to go out there consistently and win games, even though they're losing the turnover battle. I just think they're a far superior team than, than um, Dallas. And plus, we know. We know how Dak's going to react. We know what he's going to go out there. He's going to do his Dak things and, 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 and lose the game for him. So I, I would say that we are a better team because while we're constructed, who's going to stop A.J. Brown? Yeah. Who's going to stop our running game with, you know, with Swift? And our defense has just gotten better, you know, with the acquisition of a safety, a big-time, two-time Pro Bowl safety. Uh, I, I just think they look pretty good right now. Uh, Barrett, I actually put him as my number one power-rated team this week. Um, and I was a little harsh on him early on in the season, but I yeah, wanted to you ask are. you, can you move, can you play still and can you move from tackle to guard? Because I wanted to ask <laughs> you what's going on with the offensive line. They've given up 49 pressures the last three weeks, which is actually the most in the NFL. 28th right now in pass-blocking efficiency. And Landon Dickerson has given up 23 pressures. I went back and looked. He only had 19 in 2022, so he's given up more, three more already than he did all of last season. What's going on with the O-line? Because I think that's the top three offensive line in all of football, and they haven't been very good the last couple weeks. Well, a lot of things is, is you're going to get everybody's best. Where everybody's the, the Eagles are everybody's Super Bowl. Yeah. So, you know, you look at the calendar as a team, you're going to circle the Eagles. That's number one. Number two, I really think that, you know, defenses are, are you know, they have a, a year's worth of film on our quarterback, you know, and, and Hurts, they figured out a way in which they slowed him down at the beginning of the season. They slowed down his reads and, 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 and made things hard for him to go out there and really play a significant game in the passing game, which then allowed him to hold the ball longer than he usually would, and he wouldn't take off running like he usually would because everybody's expectation was him for, for him to do that. So sometimes he would hold the ball for four seconds. You cannot do that for four. In fact, you couldn't hold me for four seconds. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, you're asking the offensive line to go out there and, and, and pass block for more than four seconds. So I think he's cleared that up. He's, he's, he's got his reach down. I think you're going to see a little less production from teams being able to, 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 to you know, kind of get under his nerves and, 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 and really put him in a position where he's holding the ball again. He knows now he has to get the ball out of his hands, which is going to help this this offensive line. And plus, I think they're going to start running the ball more consistently again. Anytime you got a back like Swift and he only gets one run in the first half, I mean, that's a travesty. That should be against the law. Somebody should be locked up for that. <laughs> you're right. So because of that, you know, you, you're going to run a little more play action now. They know that they have to go and, and implement the run more in order to open up the pass. And, and, and right now, Jalen has that comfort level where he has a guy that for the last six weeks has had over 125 yards receiving. Anytime you got a feather in your cap like that or an ace in your pocket like A.J. Brown, you're going to get the ball out of your hands, which is going to make things easier for your offensive line. All right, Barrett, now I know you're a former Eagle, but I believe that you're going to be unbiased in what I'm about to ask you in your opinion. You're not going to focus on the Eagles and just that. You're going to be completely unbiased. Who is having a better season at receiver, Tyreek Hill or A.J. Brown? And I mean, it's hard to argue facts. It's hard to argue, you know, proven results. I mean, Tyreek Hill's the fastest guy in the NFL. You know, so of course, you know, all you gotta do is throw it up and let him go get it. It just so happened that the, you know, that he ran into the Eagles and we they stopped him for one game. But I mean, at this point, what he has nine hundred, almost a thousand yards receiving. He might have a thousand yard receiving now. Yeah, he's he over a thousand. Yeah. You put those numbers together, you got to say, uh, I mean, even even I, as biased as unbiased, I'm going to be, I'm going to say, yes, Tyreek Hill is the best receiver, but A.J. Brown might be a 1B. Well, give us more of just what A.J. Brown brings to the Eagles offense every single week. I mean, obviously we've seen it, we've seen the numbers, but there are certain specific things that when you just, you watch him, you go like, there's not a lot of guys that can do what he does. 
Absolutely. You know, I think it's more so his ability to go out there and muscle up DBs. I mean, you look at it. He has a comfort level with Jalen Hurts that is unmatched. You know, he, Jalen Hurts trusts him. Even if he throws it up, he knows that he's either going to come down with the ball or he's going to knock it down and nobody will be able to get it. That's number one. And just his physical stature, you know, he's, it seems like he's gotten faster this, this year. And it's hard to really get a beat on what he's doing because he's running routes at such an effective pace. What they're doing is they're running slants and they run slant and go. And Jalen Hurts will throw it up there even in double coverage against, against the, uh, the commanders. It was double coverage in one touchdown, and, you know, and, and he was still able to come up and muscle with the ball. And then he threw it and a one-handed catch, and able to get two knees in, not two feet, but two knees in. And that's just the comfort level that Jalen Hurts has with, that, you know, with, with, with his wide receiver. A.J. Brown is playing at the clip that is, it's really hard to defend him because he's just so much bigger, stronger, and faster. And then after the catch, he turns into a running back. He's got the size and stature of a running back also. So I just think his physical, physical prowess out there is just more than a lot of DBs can muster up to try to stop him. Julio Jones had a touchdown, but I don't think that's why he was brought in. Uh, what was the point? Was it veteran leadership, just kind of an old head to, to mentor some of these young guys? He's a move-the-chain guy, and, and they're going to implement him more into moving the chain. Right now they got A.J. Brown. Everybody's going to double-team A.J. Brown. you got the deep threat in Smitty, and, uh, you know, Devontae Smith. They needed a guy to come in at that, that third receiver that could be inside in the slot and go out there, and if they need a third and five, they need a receiver they can count on and going out and getting that. And as you see this season goes on, that's what Julio Jones is going to be to this offense. He hasn't done it here because they're still using um, Oz. Um, but I, at this point, you know, they just didn't have anybody at that third receiver. You know, our, our, our third weapon is our tight end. We know Dallas Goddard's that guy, but sometimes you need a little more juice and a bigger threat, especially in the red zone. So he's going to be, number one, keep the change. But number two, a big wide receiver that's a red zone threat. And those will be the two things they'll use him for because how can you focus on double-teaming A.J. Brown and then sliding a linebacker over to Smitty and, 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 and still be able to, you know, handle the middle of the field when you have Dallas Goddard there also? Oh, all you got to do is implement a guy like Julio Jones, who you know is going to catch it if you put it on him. And you know Jalen's going to find the open guy and put it on him. It's just a weapon that they have now that they can go into this season and really, really be a potent offense because now they have a guy that can move the chains. I'm impressed not only with Howie, like the scouts, but every rookie they hit on, too. I mean, Sidney Brown was really good in the nickel spot, um, you know, filling in for Blankenship this last week. He had five defensive stops in the game. And Jalen Carter, I think he could be a top three player in this league. I mean, he's only a rookie. I know he's been kind of limited with the injury. Um, how impressed with these rookies have you been in just like the scouting department? Because it seems like they really can't miss in Philly right now. Well, first of all, they shouldn't even have Jalen uh, Jalen Carter on this roster. Stupid I mean, he Bears. should have been the first pick in the draft. You know, he's the best player in college football last year, and he's just going to prove. I mean, at this at this clip in this level right now, he understands what offensive um, schemes are trying to do to him as far as blocking. So he already understands that now because he had that from college. Yeah. But he was more of a finesse player in college. Now that they're teaching him, all right, now you can go up there and rip people's heads off and really play an aggressive, mean game. He's taking that and he's running with it. He's becoming a dominating player. Then you have Sidney. Sidney Brown is one of those guys that, you know, I played with great safeties. I played with Brian Dawkins in this infancy of his career, and I played with Troy Polamalu in the infancy of their career. We're talking about the same type of attitude, not necessarily the same type of athlete, but the same kind of attitude that those guys have 
and a guy that wants to be great. So he'll eventually work his way into the system of being really, really good safety. Not saying, you know, because those are two Hall of Famers, but he has that same mindset. But, I mean, in all actuality, if I was a if I was another team and you see the Eagles call, especially the Titans, yeah. I wouldn't even answer the phone for Howie Roseman. I mean, he finessed them. I mean, this is twice he's finessed them out of their player. I mean, how do you go and get A.J. Brown number one, and then you turn around and you get their starting safety, a pro bowler number two? Come on now. He's going to get that GM fired also. He already got the other GM fired. Now they're going to fire him again, you know, with the, with the addition to this guy. So, you know, it, Howie Roseman is doing a, ma- a magical job right now, filling the needs to win now. They want to win a Super Bowl now, and he's going out there filling those needs right now. I don't know how it's going to affect them later on, but right now they're built to win. Yeah, I mean, as a Commanders fan, it pains me to say this, but they need to build a damn statue outside of that stadium for Howie Roseman. He's incredible at his job. I hate seeing it, but this team's got a long future of success. All right, if we're looking at the NFC, got about a minute or so with you left. Who's the biggest threat to the Eagles right now? Would you put the Cowboys there, or would you maybe look at a team like the Lions? You know what? I would have to go with the Cowboys right now. I think they're number one as far as the NFC period, Uh, more so than even the Lions, you know. I thought the 49ers were going to be that team. They did go out there and get Chase Young. Uh, what were you guys doing with the Commanders? Why, what, what do you hey, – how it's, do you let Sweat go and – It's a, it's a fresh let... start, Barrett. It's a fresh start. We got a new owner. Now we're going to clear out all these guys we know we're not going to pay. Listen, I've suffered for over 20 years of the Dan Snyder era. Just watching capable people come in and say, no, we're gutting this thing and not going the right way, I'll, I'll take it. This, this, the ceiling is very, very low in Washington. I get it, I get it, but I still would. I at least kept one of them, sent one of those tackles uh, packing, you know. But hey, I, uh, it is what it is, you know. But I mean, at this point, I would have to say the 49ers. And uh, the 49ers, you look at number one would be Dallas, then it would be Detroit, and then it would be the 49ers. Wow, okay. Barrett Brooks, great talking to you, man. Always Good appreciate stuff. it. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate you now. Thank Super you. Super Bowl champion Barrett Brooks. Yeah, I, it's. See, even he knows the Cowboys are number one, though. <laughs> what does it take you, to be? You zeroed one? in on that, didn't you? Yeah, they're good, man. I mean, I mean they are. I'm a Packer fan. I hate them just as much as you guys. Oh, well, well, not no, you that's not I mean, true. We can't. But... It's like I don't hate the Bears as much as you hate the Bears or the Vikings. I don't, I don't hate them at all. The I don't Bears. Care. Oh, I love oh, the Vikings. Yeah. Hola, we Especially this week. No skull. Hate them even more. Hate them even more now. That's, that, I mean, I guess that's kind of fair when you think about Stupid it. Stupid chance. It took a lot of money away from you, didn't Stupid it? At MGM tonight. Wide open. Touchdown. Jamar Chase. Oh, what a flip. I actually made a comment on that. I made a play. I was like, damn, that's a tough We're back with Trista, Ryan, and Nick on BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. Jamar Chase being as honest as he can when it comes to his quarterback, Joe Burrow, who looks to be fully healthy now, guys. The Bengals started off 1-3. and three. They're 4-3, and three, and they look like a team that's trending up the way they've done the same way the last couple of years. Just a little little bit of a slow start. They just kind of throw it behind. It's like it's almost like they like having their backs against the wall early and then say, okay, now, now it's time for us to start pushing for the playoffs. We yeah. talked about it when it was like, how long will it be until you write them off? And it's like probably week 15. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow was so damn good. And, I mean, like, um, he's been getting a little bit better, a little bit healthier every week. 
And that's the reason that he wasn't pushing the ball down the field, that injury, right? But, I mean, Mm -hmm. the biggest takeaway I had, he was pressured a lot in that game. They're going to continue to pressure him. They're going to continue to blitz him. And you really can't blitz Joe Burrow because he's a top-five quarterback against the blitz. But he was pressured in that game 16 times, Mm -hmm. and he completed all 10 of his pressured passing attempts for 136 yards, had the touchdown throw, two big-time throws, no turnover-worthy throws. And he also picked up two first downs with his legs, um, had that really, like we talked about last night, that play where he, like, Stiff arm Bosa, yeah. rolled out, still found the open man. And what I like about the Bengals right now, um, you know, they're going to give up. They're not going to be great, like, on standard downs defensively, but with Lou Anarumo making the proper adjustments, they're going to shut you down when you get into the red zone. And even against a team like San Francisco, I like the Bengals because they could win in, in a shootout, you know, if it's Buffalo, um, any of those teams in the AFC, or if they do get to the Super Bowl and they see a team like the Eagles. I mean... In that game, San Francisco, that was their season high, 365 passing yards. Brock Purdy wasn't really good. He had to throw the ball in that game. But um, they were able to shut him down when they got into the red zone, and they were able to win in a shootout against San Francisco or in a game where they gave up some offense too. So the Bengals are scary right now, and uh, teams in that division had their chance to bury them. Well, you mentioned all the pressures that the 49ers got on on, uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah. He just looks mobile again now. You can tell the calf is 100%. They're actually lining him up under center. They're opening up the playbook. I mean, it's it's. look, I don't think there's anybody that thinks Zach Taylor is a great coach, but I think he's a good enough coach when he has all of the weapons that he game plans with. You know what I mean? Like, you have Joe Burrow at 100%. Him and Brian Callahan can actually give the structure to Joe Burrow to give him those opportunities to actually make those plays. And you know, hey, if the things if things break down, which they did, we saw that pocket collapse a lot against the 49ers. He kept plays alive. He was very just... They get really. It was, he was kind of slippery in the pocket a lot, mm-hmm. which just it brings a whole new dynamic to that that Bengals offense, and that's what now has them. I mean, really, that the last two years, the, the slow starts were just. I mean, whatever. There's a lot of different reasons why it could have been. This was because of Joe Burrow and his calf this time around. Yeah, and you if you look at the Bengals and how bad the offense was, right? They couldn't push the ball down the field. We knew that, but that was an injury thing, right? Joe Mixon didn't look great. Jamar Chase was yelling about not you know, getting the ball when he was open. But more importantly, the fact that the offense was stalling really affected, you know, how much rest the defense got. This is not an elite defense. They are not. But if you give them zero time to rest and recover and they're on the field all game because you have an anemic offense, they're going to get absolutely barbecued chicken on a hibachi. So now that, you know, Joe Burrow's out there prolonging drives, moving the ball down the field, now you give the defense at least some time to get their stuff together. Yeah. I mean, they need a run game, right? Like, Joe Mm -hmm. Mixon's got to get going. I wish they would have added another back. Um, And I like Chase Brown in college out of Illinois, but he just doesn't seem to be that guy yet. Um, You know, P. Ryan's gone, obviously. What do you think the better bet is? Joe Burrow MVP 18-1 to or Bengals Super Bowl 16-1? to Because they're similar prices. You know, because... Joe Burrow looks really, really good, like we said. Completing balls down the field. You got a healthy T. Higgins, a healthier T. Higgins probably this week, and Jamar Chase. Oh, you'd rather go uh, Bengals Super Bowl, though? Yeah, just because of how many weeks it's been before Joe Burrow is really cooking. And I feel like Tua has so much rope, right? And obviously overwhelming favorite. And as long as the Dolphins offensively are quote-unquote historic, I still feel like people are going to want to give it to Tua over Joe Burrow. I almost feel like Joe Burrow is in the different in that position of like the next guy up though. I don't know. It's certainly just like a it's a it's it's not even a narrative. It's just like a maybe a perception bet or a perception narrative here with that. But Burrow's been talked about as that guy maybe more than Tua, so that might almost be a disadvantage and almost why I would go 
I, I you know what I would I would go MVP over Super Bowl only because sometimes the beginning of the season gets forgotten by people. Yep. You yep. know, like the Patriots for years, for years, had slow starts. Like the first month of the season, it all, didn't it always feel like the Patriots kind of treated it almost like preseason. And then yeah. Tom Brady would still win MVPs. So I, ne- neither one of them is a bad bet with the way that they're playing right now, but I would probably actually go Joe Burrow MVP because it's almost, it's because he's been, we've been kind of shoving it in everybody's face. Like Joe Burrow, this is the yeah. next guy. And it's not wrong. I mean, Joe Burrow may be the second best quarterback in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes, but you just obviously have to keep this going. And I think also too, I'm in the back of my mind, I'm still concerned that at some point Tua gets hurt. I don't want to see it, but you just, you're always concerned. And maybe as crazy as this sounds, because you've got Jamar Chase in Cincinnati, but Tyree Kill has been so good. Yeah. Do people use that against Tua a little bit? And Jay, I mean, like, and you worry about, I mean, you have Waddle there. You have Mike McDaniel's going to get a lot of shine. Not that he's most likely probably not going to win Coach of the Year, right. although he could win Coach of the Year. Um, and I just look at, like, stupid stuff. Like, I mean, I know it's uh, 18 touchdown passes and a 108.8 rating, but Tua's got seven interceptions. Joe Burrow, even though he struggled to start the season, He's only thrown four picks. He has 10 touchdown passes. The QB rating's not great. But the reason I kind of like that price for Burrow, and I have the Lamar 7-1, to mm-hmm. I like the 18-1, to though, is because he's got some big games coming up. You know, Buffalo this weekend, and the last time we saw the Bills-Bengals, Burrow had all day in the pocket. I know they got Von Miller back, and the Bengals have more of a pass rush this season. But if he's able to pick them apart the way that he did last year, throw three, four touchdowns in this game, standalone, primetime spot, big game, everybody's going to be watching more eyeballs, and then they get the Texans. Then another big game against the Ravens. Then it's the Steelers. Then it's the Jags. Then it's the Colts. They just have some big games against some decent and good teams. Whereas if he goes on a run like they did last year, I think he might get some MVP love. And I don't know that we get an 18-1 to price on Burrow um, you know, any anytime soon the next couple of years. Kind of like Alabama. Do I think they win the national title? No, but at 14-1, to I think it's worth a flyer just because it's something that we rarely ever see. Well, that's that's kind of one of the things too, right? I mean, you look at price, and it it doesn't necessarily. There's a reason why something's priced the way that it is, but you got to find like five different ways to justify why it could happen. But this is the time where you can still find some value in long shot bets, whether it's MVP or it's Super Bowl or a division winner, because you've got at least enough of a sample size now to have an idea of what a team is. But you also then, in the Bengals' case, look at them and know that they're playing from behind, so that can be a benefit price wise because they've been down this year. But also then it's a team that is trending up at just the right time, and you can see it, and you also know they've been here before, and they're going to kind of be in playoff mode the rest of the season. Well, really quick, that's what it is, though. It's like I trust Joe Burrow and the Bengals more than I trust Miami and Tua just because first eight weeks, nine weeks of the season, we saw this with Miami. It's not even just like health. It's just that I... You know, I like Burrow. I like those weapons. And this is a team that we saw in the Super Bowl, a team that we saw win a playoff game, beat Buffalo last year. And um, I can see them going on a run. And also, like some of these numbers, just a little bit of an overreaction, Mm -hmm. I think. Like last year, remember, it looked like Micah Parsons was going to be Defensive Player of the Year, and then Nick Bosa had that ridiculous final five, six weeks of the season. The MVP market, before Jalen got hurt, he was a huge favorite. You know, um, not a whole lot of love for Mahomes. They were trying to figure out early on in the season who's the number one wide receiver even last year because Tyreek had just got traded. So I just think that sometimes uh, there's a good buy uh, buy spot, and I think right now for Burrow, I would trust Burrow to win MVP more than the Bengals to win the Super Bowl, though. You know what I mean? There's just so many teams. Like, right now, Baltimore, look what they're doing. Yeah, so good. Uh, on both sides of the ball. And they're in the also NFC, in the AFC. Philadelphia. The yeah, AFC still... is just loaded. And yeah. it's it's we knew coming in it was going to be loaded. It's been a little bit of a disappointment to start, but you kind of feel like some of these teams that were starting slow are building things back up. But I'll say this. If you do like Joe Burrow, 
for MVP or you at least like the price, you should buy into it now also because if you win against the Bengals, or when the Bengals, you win against yeah. the Bills, that's that gone. price yeah, is absolutely gone. And if they lose to the Bills, though, like that's going to be held against them, but you still have the Ravens a chance to make up for that, the Jags a chance to make up for that. I mean, even at the Steelers and then at the Chiefs, late in the season, if if there are a bunch of voters that are kind of torn between, let, let's say they're torn between Mahomes and Burrow, and, and Burrow, even after a loss to the Bills, still having an MVP season. You go into Burrowhead, it's still Burrowhead, yeah. and you win there, that could be the difference where if it's down to Mahomes and it's down to Burrow, Burrow goes in and wins, there's going to be more votes than lean towards Joe Burrow. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I just still think if Cincinnati is fully healthy, man, they are potent. I'd love to see uh, AFC Championship game, ravens Bengals. Oh, yeah, me too. That's what I'd love to see. Yeah, give me that again. I'll take that. With Lamar actually healthy. Yep. You know, um, would love to see that. I, I mean, Lamar Jackson, and that's another thing too, right? I mean, there, there's – think of all the, the potential MVP candidate quarterbacks just in the AFC. Like, the AFC really is kind of getting back to, like, yeah. I said, where, like where it was. But don't count out Lamar Jackson. Who's well, ha- he's having a career year. Yeah, and, I mean, um, looking at, you know, you look at the numbers right now. And, and that's the thing, like, with Mahomes, it's almost like with Andy Reid. Andy Reid's not going to be the coach of the year unless the Chiefs, and it's already done. It's not going to happen unless they, like, went undefeated. You know what I mean? With Mahomes, I just don't know that they're going to want to give him that award back-to-back. I know Aaron Rodgers just won back-to-backs a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. But at plus 300, I wouldn't want to do it. Jalen, plus 350. Tua, plus 350. Lamar went from seven to one down to six to one. I feel like if you're buying right now, you know, you're looking at maybe Josh Allen, although you have the eight interceptions, you're looking at Burrow, the interception numbers aren't huge, and he's probably only going to get better. What about Trevor Lawrence at 18 to one? I I mean, the Jags are a two loss team. They're getting better defensively. We don't love the pass defense, but they could stop the run. And offensively, I think they're just going to get better every single week. They're just like starting to get Christian, not Christian Kirk, like Calvin Ridley um, back into, Mm -hmm. you know, like football shape. He's in fine shape, but get more involved in the offense. I mean, so, no, eighteen to one is a pretty playing. good price for T. Law. Game shape, game playing shape. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like the Jags as a team to have the, I mean, yeah, an outside chance to have the best record in the AFC coming into the season, and we're starting to see it click. But you know, their their defense still has a lot of holes. Like Jared it's got Goff, a lot of weaknesses, so that's 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 a concern with them. Yeah, like similar prices. Jared Goff. I know that people want to come on here and say like, here's a flyer, blah blah blah. He's not going to win MVP. Before that happens, Dan Campbell's going to win Coach of the Year. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, Brock Purdy's not going to win MVP because of all the weapons. I could see McCaffrey winning it before him, and that's why he's priced better, 22-1. to 1. So I think, like, your cutoff point is T-Law, Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion. Unless you think Tyreek Hill could actually win. I don't think he can. I think he'd be Offensive Player of the Year. Because I don't know if he's going to put up similar numbers to what Cooper Cup did the year that he didn't win MVP. I would say this. Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey have a better chance of winning MVP than Jared Goff. Like, forget oh, yeah. odds, throw all I that agree. out. I just agree. the real, like, like Jared Goff will never win MVP. Having a great season, but you're just, it, it, there's, if it's a, if it's a quarterback that's having a really good season on a winning team, it's not good enough. It can't be really good. It has to be exceptional. It has to be an exceptional season because it's a quarterback driven league. It's a quarterback driven award. So you're automatically going to be compared to the best in the NFL. Even if the Lions, let's say they win the, let's say they have the best record in the NFC when the regular season's done. Goff's still not winning that award. It ain't happening. No, there's just no chance, especially if if his home road splits weren't so bad, maybe we would be thinking about it. But there's That's just, the other you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Jared Goff just doesn't inspire MVP label to you, no matter what he does. And he's been great, especially at home, especially indoors. But Jared Goff, MVP, could never see it. 
Well, I mean, and that's the point that you bring up right there is a really good point because you look at the road games down the stretch, right? December 10th in Chicago, Soldier Field, it's going to be cold weather. Mm. Um, you know, they play in Dallas, not that that really matters, but they have some tough road games against Minnesota. Yeah, like down the stretch, that's what you would worry about. The home road splits, teams that could get pressure on Goff, and um, when it gets colder out, that's that's why you draft a guy like Gibbs, and then you still pick up David Montgomery and pay him $11 million a year. You know what I mean? Because you're going to want to run the football in those cold-weather games when you're a Midwest team, an NFC North team. Yeah. You want to win with you know defense, and that's why they continue to build that defensive line, and Hutchinson's a stud, and that's why they have uh, one of the better offensive lines. I think they're going to be like a running football team once we get to December, January. So I wouldn't do anything with Goff. You know, I mean, really, even with all of the backup quarterbacks that we've got playing in the NFL right now, there is still just... I mean, really, so much potential for a different, like a quarterback that could be an MVP every single year, right? Like potential MVPs down the road. Like Tua hasn't won one. You could see him winning MVP, obviously. Herbert. Jalen Hurts still hasn't done it yet. No, I, I don't rule yeah. out Herbert. Yeah. It's just they need a better defense and you need a better head coach. So we, we start with that and then we go from there. But then you've got Trevor Lawrence. You've got a Joe Burrow. And I mean, we know that it's a quarterback-driven award. May have one or two that get drafted this spring that then fall into that category in a couple of years. So as much as it has been like we had the last, you know, all those Aaron Rodgers and, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, where it's like the same couple winning. I feel like we're in this era in the NFL now where you could have five or six different starting quarterbacks all winning their first MVP over, let's say, like the next eight or nine yeah. years. And I mean, like the Jags are a flashy team. The only thing maybe you worry about a little bit, the touchdown numbers, because ETN's only going to get better as this. He's got to stay healthy, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but man, I mean, like you look at the Jags schedule down the stretch and they play in one of the weaker divisions in the AFC for sure. Uh, you got some big games because you have San Francisco coming up November 12th. And then you get to kind of clean up against the Titans' pass defense. The Texans are still a young team. A big game against the Bengals. Browns' defense. I don't hate that price for T-Law. And you look at the numbers right now, nine touchdown passes, four interceptions. And remember when he did the second half of last season. The first half was kind of shaky. The interception numbers were a little ridiculous. And then the second half of the season, he was the second-best quarterback in the AFC next to only Mahomes. So maybe now's the time to buy in a T-Law. Uh, on T-Law at 18-1. QB rating, completing 68% of his passes. You get rid of Urban Meyer and look at how everything changes. Yeah. That's all you got to do. That helps. All right, would you rather next? It's BetMGM Tonight. Let the conversation continue with Ryan, Trista, and Nick and BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. 50-49, to 49, Knicks over the Cavs at halftime. Donovan Mitchell, 23 points. Jalen Brunson's got 14. Thunder, kind of... They're losing a little bit of that lead. Only up 10 on the Pelicans. They were working them for a while. Uh, heat up 10 on the Nets. You got the Celtics all over the Pacers, 75-54. Wizards only down 8 to the Hawks. There you go, Ryan. You should jump in on the Wizards now while you got a chance. Should have bet them tonight. Should have bet them tonight. You should always Didn't bet though. the Wizards. I bet Jimmy Butler over 19 points. He's got 10 at the half. Problem is, uh, he had 10 in the first quarter, guys. Bam mm -hmm. has 12. It was between the two of them, so hopefully they both go over. Um, and then... Let's get a little Osser Thompson three-point look. He's uh he shot one. There you go. No, he shot another. He, oh for two. He's oh for two. He only has I'm five rebounds. Sword. I'm actually starting to get a little concerned about the rebound prop. I'm sorry. Damn it. He's five. Yeah. He's five. Yeah, but we're I mean we're hitting the fourth quarter here soon. Yeah, we need uh we need you need ten, right? I need yeah, I need ten. Yeah, yeah so that's a big I need one. Eight. Yeah. I'm a little worried. Yeah. So it's you know, it's this is what happens. It's when you see a guy go on these big rebounding streaks. It's always when you you, you get to that moment, like Michael Porter Jr., and he just stops rebounding. 
Yeah, he just has one. Did you go back on it tonight or no? I did in the same game parlay, but yeah. I'm, I think I'm still alive on these like multi-game parlays. Brogdon has ten, with a full quarter left to go. Ostra has five rebounds. I need eight. Chet already cashed his block prop. Uh, Ant actually has ten points in the first quarter, so I need twenty-five from him. And then uh, our man Dennis Schroeder already cashed his eight assists. So really, what we need is a Miles Turner to get some more rebounds. I think he has five. I need eight. And then Keegan Murray three threes. So it actually looks okay for now. It's 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 on a good pace. The, se- yep. the same game that's, parlay. That's how you break yeah, it down, right? The there. pace. Without the same motion. game parlay in the Nuggets is just not is not looking good. It's the MPJ rebounds that looks like it's just gonna die. Die an ugly death. Well, this is what's good. See, we need a couple of games of him not being able to yeah, rebound the basketball. We Move get back down. in. Look for a good rebounding matchup. The number goes down mm-hmm. to like six and a half again, and then we jump right back Why in on it. Four and a half. Why yeah. Four and oh, half? four and a half. Oh, yeah. You're really shooting for the moon. I like the this. Eight was plus money today. Well, that was that's plus a big 150. number. Yeah, that was a big number. But at one point, Ben MGM on Monday night, it was minus one fifty for eight. So they don't know what to do. Right. They I, don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. This early in the season, there's a lot of up and down where you're like, mm-hmm. Cam Thomas is averaging thirty three points a game. I mean, he can score, but damn. Numbers can tend to get a little bit inflated. He's like one for 11 tonight, though. I, I wish I would have bet some shade and sharp pro- uh, props. Yeah. He's got 15 points in the third quarter. The Blazers were just down 18. Now they're down three in that game. You know what I almost did? And uh, I was cooking up this, the parlays, So, and you can't parlay this. So I just put it on the back burner and never went back to it. You can go for that game specifically because the Blazers came back and won against the Raptors. They were down like 15 points. Yeah. Is the Blazers to go down... Uh, more than 10, 10 or more, and win the game, it was plus 550. Really? Yeah, to go down 10 and win the game, plus 550. What a, that might be a look for these scrappy little Blazers. Hmm. Think how about many, it. How many games do you think they win, like, between? 20. 20? Okay. 20 to 25. Yeah. Yeah. We're not a good team. We'll be top five pick. Yeah. But you know what? At least you have a future. Like yeah. My yeah. team's not good, and they don't have a future. They it's, just have a bunch of dudes from the past. You, you. Yeah, I true. mean, you have Zach <laughs> Levine putting up fifty-one with no assists. I, I mean, it's just, it just feels like a team where it's, you just, you slapped a bunch of names together that are kind of past the point. I mean, like it's not like Zach Levine's that old or anything, but like, you know, what I mean? it just, it feels like a team that was put together with no real, no real purpose. Yeah. Just hey, let's get some people here to watch some games and make a push for. It used to be the push for the eight seed. But, I mean, I saw that for yours with the Wizards, so I get it. Like, you really want to be – it's it's why, like, I, I don't I don't blame teams for tanking. I mean, do you think the Spurs and Greg Popovich are complaining with the season they had last year? No. We all know what they were doing. Have you watched Victor Wembanyama? He's the real freaking deal. So it works for these teams. If you do it right, you've obviously got to be able to identify that talent, and they got to stay healthy, and it's got to be something that comes together. But, I mean, look at the Pelicans. If Zion can stay healthy this year, I mean, this team spent years after the Anthony Davis trade rebuilding. They got some young players, a lot of draft picks. Zion's got eight at halftime now, four rebounds. The re- his rebounding prop was six and a half, so I took the over on that. That's That feels good right now. He had, I mean, he hasn't been scoring as much this year. But they don't necessarily they don't necessarily need him to go out there and get you 27 28 a game if you can have I mean you you, you got CJ McCollum out there obviously you got yeah. you, they just, this whole team just needs to stay healthy. I I want to see the Pelicans actually I mean they're only down 6 now by the way. So th- this is again, here's the NBA, right? Yeah. This is what it is. But there there's there's a bunch of young teams in the NBA that have a chance to take that next step, but it really comes down to just having your stars out there on a consistent that's, basis. I mean, that's going to be the problem I think for like Zion if you played any MVP uh futures or anything like that. I just I don't know that he's going to be able to average 26 27 on this team because I don't know how many minutes you're going to play him a night. You're going to want him healthy for the the entire season.
season for 16 a 16 in the first run. half, by the way. 16 minutes and, in the first and half. And also, like, they just have so much depth. You have Brandon Ingram averaging 22. You have CJ. You have Jonas Valachunas. You have Herb Jones, who's only going to continue to get better. You drafted Jordan Hawkins. Um, and then, like, Larry Nance Jr. hasn't even got going. He's only playing 16 mm-hmm. minutes per game. They have a lot of depth on that team. So that would be my only... Uh, my only thing with Zion, Almost you know, there might depth, be some games where he, yeah, there might be some games where he's got like twelve points, eight boards, and like six assists. That's the other thing; he does more than just score the basketball. I just need him healthy so they go over the window. <laughs> I mean, you need to get to the point though where you you understand what the rotation's going to be. Well, not only that, but what his minutes look like, and then get him just to late in the year. That like this real, they haven't even had Zion late in the season at all. No. And that's, no. I mean, that, that team can do real damage in the playoffs and not have to worry about a play-in tournament if you get to that point. So, look, I'm, they're, they're going to they're gonna take him out of back-to-backs at times, so you have to watch that with Zion. They're going to manage his minutes at times, depending on where it is, even though he's a younger player. And nobody in the NBA is going to say anything, because let's be honest with ourselves. You think the commissioner doesn't want Zion out on the floor more? Do you not think the commissioner doesn't want Zion in the playoffs? I mean, they basically expanded the rules for the bubble years ago just so it was right at the line to so get the Pelicans in and Zion Williamson. That's the only reason we have a plan, probably. Yeah. You know, and you know what? That pretty much is it. The play-in started in the bubble, and Zion helped get more teams in mm-hmm. because they were like, okay, how far down can we go? We can Zion. Okay, we want 10 teams. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, and it's worked, by the way. And yeah. all right, I don't know what's going on in my ear, but there you go. Uh, we, yeah, we got the uh, – we, we had some – we, we're two days from the start of the the uh, in-season tournament, right? Yes. I'm it's excited about this. Soon. I don't know how to bet on it. I bet nothing. I don't know what to do with it because I've just never seen it. I think I'll just bet individual games and honestly probably stick with props. But just to kind of get a feel for what this looks like, besides the really cool courts that they have, I'm I'm really excited to see. I know the NBA is going to go all in on this. They're going to try to make it a big event because people feel like it's an event if you play it up like it's a big event. But I think that's really the way I'd approach it is just kind of feeling in. Like, we got a feel for what the play-in tournament looks like. Now we're going to get a feel for the in-season tournament. Yeah, so the in-season tournament games that are interesting. Knicks play the Bucks in Milwaukee at 7.30. That'll be a good one. That'll be a really that's good Friday, one. That's Friday, right? Friday. Yeah, that's yep. right. It starts Friday. Golden State plays the Thunder in Oklahoma City Ooh. at 8. That's a league pass game, but it's an in-season tournament game as well. Those are, And then Dallas plays Denver uh, in, on ESPN. Ooh, that's tough. That is tough. Grizzlies play the Blazers. I think the Blazers should probably win that game. It's going to be place. awesome. I mean, we're going to yeah. have college hoops starting up too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. best time. We need more there. TVs in here, guys. We're not going to have enough TVs. We could use maybe two more there. Two more on that corner. Maybe I think we could do even like corner. maybe one over there, one over there. Yeah, we need more TVs in here. We I need think that that's the rule. Sports book thing that just wraps around. <laughs> Did you do the research? Did you find I out what that costs? I haven't found it. No, I haven't found it. Yet. We got to figure this out. That AG. It was a big, just big, just wrap it all the way around in here. I think that we don't even need these windows. What are these windows in front of us for? Give us all screens. I don't know. Although we start getting this whole in. window actually could be a screen. That's that is fair, and it could be four screens in one, maybe even six. Six for sure. I think six Two, there. four, six, eight, actually. Let's see if management has it in the budget to give us uh, screen TVs that so are... So we need just one, actually. One this size. Yeah, or there, and then maybe TV two. two, and we yeah, got the, a third corner window. Yeah, you know, we could make this work. I think this is good. Let's 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 work on that. Worried about my own budget right now. The, uh, <laughs> the Diamondbacks have runners on second and third, one out. I you bet Texas really... Yeah, really small here. Um, I'm going to add two really quick. How do you guys feel about the Kings now that it's seven and a half? 
Uh, seven, back down to seven. But obviously we know no uh, <clears throat> no Fox tonight, so it's Mitchell, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, and Sabonis. I like the Sabonis rebounds angle. But Who's starting I, at guard? Uh, Mitchell and Herter, Kayvon Herter. Davion, Herter. Da- Davion, Davion Mitchell. and Kevin yeah. are starting, yeah. and then Keegan Murray. And everybody's going for the Warriors tonight except for Kaminga's a game-time decision. I still like Sacramento at uh, seven, though. So I'm going to bet that small. And then I wanted to ask you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no uh, Harden yet, obviously. Not that that matters. Westbrook, Bones Highland, Paul George, Kawhi, and Zubats are going for the Clippers. Lakers got everybody expected tonight. Um, except for Rui's out. and uh, But you got He's... D-Russ. You got Austin Reeves. You got Prince. You got LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis. I kind of like the Lakers. I like the Lakers. It, yeah. I like yeah, the so Lakers, Lakers minus three. Kings plus seven. Really small. The why not uh, plays of the night. Boom. I think Done. we're going to lose some money, so we've got... No, we don't, do, don't say that. Uh, never with that attitude. Well, I got... Prop. Oh, never mind. we got a fourth and 11 for both. There you go. We're See, feeling better. You're good. I right. have a really, really quick, Ryan. One of the players that you might know is Ice Cold uh, is Kevin Herter. You talked about him. <laughs> He's been absolutely horrible. His point prop is 13 and a half. I would take the under, minus 125. He stinks right now. He might get traded. If I do that, he's going to go like 7 of 9 from 3, though. <laughs> let me see what uh, Chris Middleton's done. Let's look at that. and Let me see what that's happening. Cause I he already went over his points. Has he really? Yes, in like the first quarter. I'm so mad at myself. Instead, I played Oscar Thompson yeah. to hit a 3. He's 7 of 12 from the floor tonight. Problem is, uh, none from threes. 0 for 2. He's got 14, though. I'm, I'm, like you. I, I'm like you. I get nervous to take a lot of unders. I just Because I feel like the minute you do that, that's when that's when you run into problems. Oh, yeah, that's when a guy will go off. I hate doing it. I hate doing it. All right, we got a couple minutes here. It's a Wednesday, Scott. Why don't we play a little game? It's now time to play Would You Rather with BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Thank you, big voice, Russ. Would you rather on a Wednesday? Celtics, Trista, most regular season wins or to win the East? Right now, Boston plus 170. Milwaukee plus 175. Would you rather? I think I'd rather take the most regular season wins. Jason Tatum will still be healthy during the season. We know what he does when there's no pressure. He's not injured. You know, there's no no mystery issue to his wrist or whatever. Jalen Brown still feels like he can dribble the basketball. The depth for the Celtics team is going to be an issue. Uh, and you look at who they've got. It's like Peyton Pritchard, who's having a very rough year. Al Horford, I think, is the leading bench scorer. So I don't know if I can take the Celtics to win the East, but I d- the way that the Bucks are starting out, where they look very vulnerable, I think we could uh, you could take the, them to win most regular season games. I'd have to go Celtics too because the regular season's a lot easier for Jason Tatum to play in. And once you get to the playoffs, we know sometimes he disappears a little bit. Plus the Bucks, I think in the East, I mean you got a couple of guys that are really comfortable in clutch situations in the playoffs. Yeah, I take them to win the East. I think this is Boston's year. I'm worried about Milwaukee guys, so yeah, I'm in on the Don't Celtics. Don't be so worried. Don't be so worried. It's Bet MGM tonight.